This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And first up today, the closure of Book Depository has saddened many of us, um, you know, people here in the studio included. Mm -hmm. But it's also led us to reminisce and wonder... Why are books so expensive here in Malaysia and what are our options really as things continue to close down? So, fair warning, I'm a big fan of Big Depository. I used to be, at least. Um, post, they're acquiring by Amazon, perhaps not so much. Um, but Book Depository basically was founded in 2004 by Stuart Felton and Andrew Crawford. And they began with the mantra of making all books available to all. And their initial... Um, USP really was that they would ship books to you from booksellers worldwide uh, with free shipping. Um, and I remember how this was hugely exciting when it first opened um, because, I mean, if you're a reader in Malaysia, sometimes it can be difficult, one, to get books that you can afford, uh, but two, also to access books that perhaps are not on the radars of the publishers or the bookstores here. So um, they, you know, used to advertise themselves as offering 20 million books, free delivery to over 170 countries. And then here's the key part. In 2011, they were acquired by Amazon. Um, of course, as a way of lessening competition, you know, making the pie bigger for themselves. Now what's happened is because of layoffs um, that were announced recently in Amazon, as well as uh, global supply chains, the cost of shipping becoming more expensive, it's been announced that basically Amazon is shutting Book Depository down. So I'm just going to add a few things there, right? Because you mentioned two names uh, in terms of their founders, Stuart Felton and Andrew Crawford. And firstly, Andrew Crawford is a former Amazon yes, employee. So yes. there is some DNA there. Um, and then the other thing is when we say that Amazon is axing people, I guess it's no surprise in the sense that we are seeing tech giants around the world do exactly that. You keep hearing about these large scale layoffs in social media companies and tech giants of which Amazon certainly is one. Uh, but the reason why Book Depository specifically is being affected is because that they are cutting because they are cutting down in their devices and books section. And I think this is interesting because in um, countries like well America specifically, Amazon is known for uh, is known for and questioned about and whatever uh, about things like its next day delivery. So the whole purpose of Amazon and the reason why it's become so deeply integrated into a lot of people's daily lives is the convenience, uh, which is where this issue of free shipping comes in, right? Because with them, it's free shipping, next day delivery, blah, blah, blah. For someone like me, um, who's halfway around the world from, from that kind of setup, I don't use Amazon that often really at all, partly because it is it does feel very um, American-centric. So sometimes shipping doesn't really apply. You know, all these different things. The point is, when I see an Amazon link show up for something that I'm shopping for, I'm actually not that likely to purchase from it. But I did feel that they have a stranglehold on um, books in some way, and e-books in particular, because of their Kindle, hence the devices. So I find it interesting that the the cutting down or, or the cutting of the fat specifically is in this section. So what all this really means for a local Malaysian reader, um, buyer of books, is really that the options to get affordable books just feels like it's getting smaller and smaller. La, because, um, I mean, I'm not at all saying that our local bookstores are not a good option. In no, fact, no, no. I will always say that should be a first port of call, especially the indie booksellers. But I tend to go to the indie booksellers for local books. Um, and that's great, right? But 
mm, I just think that it's good to have options. It's good sometimes to be able to get a book you want at a price that you can afford. And then at other times, perhaps splurge on something more expensive. But the problem is now it's increasingly feeling like your options are... Um, Amazon or, you know, some other similar large bookseller or just pay the really expensive prices for books locally. When I was a younger reader, I did not used to do the price comparison, partly because I wasn't um, <clears throat> mobile on my own terms, right? Like how many times can you ask people to drop you off at another bookstore? <laughs> it, it, it gets <laughs> irrational after a while um, and the internet wasn't as available. So it used to be that if I saw a book that I wanted and it was roughly within the price range that I could afford, that's fine. Um, in in time since then, and this is something we've spoken about on our other show by the book, which is specifically about books and reading. Um, in, in time, my buying habits have changed and shifted. And I think that this is probably true for a lot of readers. So either you end up buying um, e-books because you don't necessarily want to accumulate more physical books uh, and also because of the price, or you do price comparisons between in-person, online, online local, online abroad, and you compare and contrast and you try to find a price that, that suits you and then you make the purchase. Um, and so... To your point about comparisons and how there are fewer options now, this is absolutely true, right? Because I will always buy local if I can. But that also doesn't change the fact that sometimes a brand new book is close to 200 ringgit, depending on the book and the author. We've been doing this, right? We've been texting each other, like flabbergasted sometimes going, yeah. you know, I'm trying to buy this book, the hardcover. Outright horrified. Yeah, 150 ringgit for a hardcover, 80 to 90 ringgit for a paperback. Um, and I'm not saying that there aren't other options, but I'm saying as a starting point for a new title, already that's incredibly high. It's, it's a huge investment to want to read a book. So... All of which to say, we want to know, um, since Book Depository has announced it will be closing this month officially, finally, uh, we'd like to know, have you ever bought from them, from Book Depository? And in general, where do you buy your books from? Are you also finding that it's just becoming really expensive to sustain a reading habit? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be joined by Andrew Yap, co-founder and managing director of Book Access. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Beyond frivolous mishmash, BFM 89.9. It's 5.16 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about the closure of Book Depository, a huge online book retailer, um, and asking you whether you've ever bought from them, but also in general, where do you buy your books from? Are you finding that it's become really expensive uh, to keep it going? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now to discuss this is Andrew Yap, co-founder and managing director of Book Access. Andrew, thanks for speaking with us. Uh, so Book Depository has announced that they will be closing down by the end of April. What was your initial reaction to the announcement? Initially, when I heard the news, I mean, of course, I was really sad and uh, surprised at the same time because Book Depository was is doing very well and on a very good trajectory. A lot of people, you know, depend on Book Depository for books. Um, it was also a very strange day for me because at the same time, you know, I heard that uh, gallery bookstore in Malaysia, they are a chain bookstore. They were also uh, calling it a day. And Aksara, my favorite bookstore in Jakarta, also closed down, right? And 
Then uh, Books and Beyond in Jakarta, another huge chain with 20 over stores closed down. I mean, decided to, to announce yesterday to close down too. Though. So, I mean, it was a really sad day for, for people in the book industry, especially for me. And, you know, hearing about what happened to uh, Book Depository. So, yeah, a lot of people are similarly shocked over this announcement. Could you talk to us about the role that Book Depository as well as other online sellers have played for our local readers? I think there is always a role uh, in bookstores uh, in Malaysia, right? Whether it be uh, Big Bad Wolf or, or Book Access, you know, and Kinokuniya and, and the rest, right? Uh, Book Depository basically caters to readers generally. People who go to the to books uh, uh, online site, they know what they're looking for. Whereas when you go to a bookstore, you know, you go in a, on an adventure. But when you go online, you're looking for a specific book, right? Um you know, I, you know, it's never a good thing when, when, when a bookstore or an online store closes. We need more, whether it's bookstores or online stores. It's an ecosystem. You know, it's, it's like um, there are hundreds of thousands of restaurants in Malaysia, right? But there are only a handful of bookstores. If we are feeding our stomachs, right, it's as important to feed our minds too, especially, you know, the younger generation. So there is a huge lack of, bookstores and online stores, not just in Malaysia, but globally too. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something which we should all strive to encourage and, and help grow, you know, that particular industry. And cost and accessibility seem to be uh, two of the driving factors of people being drawn to buying books from Book Depository. Can you talk to us about how prices there compared to buying books in store? Generally, you know, the books in Book Depository are... Uh, Certain books are a little bit more expensive. Certain books are cheaper. But if you if you take it as a whole, I will say that you will definitely get a better deal buying from book depository. But you have to wait. That is the catch. You have to wait. Where the saving comes in is that you know you don't have to to spend time browsing at a bookstore, and you might not get the book that you want. Book depository has a huge database. It's just that you have to wait. And uh, when it comes to, to pricing, it's generally around 10 to maybe sometimes even 20% cheaper. Plus, you know, if you buy online, you don't, you don't have the traveling cost of going, you know, to a bookstore, the parking and the fuel costs and then the time costs. In contrast, though, a quick browse through... Um any large local bookstore chain will show that a new hardcover can cost something like 150 ringgit these days, a new paperback about 80 ringgit. So simply put, why are books so expensive here in Malaysia and how do we compare to other markets in the region? I think books in, in other regions are similar in a sense also because one of the main reasons why books are expensive is because of the high retail overheads. You know, to renovate a bookstore, to build a bookstore, and plus the rentals and and the uh, the margins are low when it comes to books. Where other industries, you know, it can go up to hundred to one hundred fifty percent, right? But for books, it's between you know forty, fifty, sixty percent. So after you minus all the overhead costs, right? There's nothing much in it uh, for the retailer, and the weak ringgit doesn't help. So that generally increase the book prices in Malaysia by almost 15 to 25% post-pandemic. Yeah. And then there are too many layers in the industry. You, know? you have the publisher, 
you have a distributor, sometimes you got a sub-distributor, then you have the bookstore. By the time you go through so many channels, when a publisher gets paid, it can be, you know, eight months to a year down the road, right? So with with all these layers in industry, there's added cost and this this makes the industry complicated and and ex- expensive, you know, to, to actually run and then the supply chain also. So book access is built on the notion of making affordable books accessible. What lessons have you learned from this process that could be applied across the board with other sellers? I think book access is, is also a very good case study where we are going after the 97% of the nation that is not reading. Everyone in Malaysia can read, but majority of Malaysians don't have the reading habit and there's no reading culture. So we are, our target is at 90% and to convert them. That's why our stores are architecturally very pleasing. You know, they're very different. We're trying to bring in, to have an experience. To, you know, the, our stores are experiential. Where we bring in, you know, uh, kids and all, they come in to take pictures, Instagram and all. And then when they see a good book at a good price, they will pick it up. So the business model is very different. We are not going after the readers. The readers will know how to come looking for books, but our target is always the 97%, right? So if you are talking about other bookstores, uh, you know, trying to, to learn from us, I think it's a business model change that, that they, they need to consider. So it's, it's not easy, you know, for them. And have you found that readers are willing to wait for titles to become cheaper? Definitely, yes. Um, because Malaysia is extremely cost conscious uh, country, right? So they they do tend to to just wait, you know, hoping that Book Access or Big Bad Wolf will actually get a title. But what we do is, like you mentioned, we are an alternative bookstore. So we offer different alternatives. If you're looking for a self-help book, a particular self-help book, we, we do have books that are similar. So customers wouldn't mind trying out for a quarter of the price, right? They, they get, you know, three or four different alternatives so that 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 really uh, helps them. And to answer your question, yes, you know, some are willing to wait, some are not. So it's an ecosystem that we are in. We we are not here to to um to devalue a book or damage the industry. You know, we are here to complement the industry. There are customers who can wait. There are customers who can't wait, and those who can wait will buy a book from us, like the author, and go back to a mainstream bookstore, you know, to, to buy it at full price. So, so sometimes uh, they come to us or sometimes they go to a mainstream bookstore. So it can sometimes feel, uh, as a consumer, like my options are narrowing down, especially with a big online seller closing. But from a business perspective, does it actually mean that readers will be buying more often from fewer sellers? Or does it potentially mean that readers just buy fewer books because it's less affordable to do so? Yes, I think generally you will consumers will will still buy more or still buy the same because books are a necessity, right? But the sad part is that if there, there are fewer deals, there are fewer uh, options, that means lesser competition, the book prices will be higher and the consumer will get lesser books. So that's the sad reality of the situation. 
So to close off, one of the big draws with Book Depository is the access that readers had to titles and publishers from all over the world at an affordable price, no shipping fees. With the platform now closing, do you see a gap in the market? Yes, for sure, there will be a big gap and I'm hoping that somebody will be able to fill, a, fill up that gap. It's, it's not easy to, to actually build you know, such an uh, amazing online store. Book Depository is a benchmark site that a lot of online stores look at you know, to build their bookstore. They're even better than Amazon. That's why Amazon bought them, bought them over back in 2011. Right. And uh, I mean, it's really sad that, you know, such a huge company, Amazon is a trillion dollar company and they, they buy over a good bookstore, you know, help it grow. And when, when things are not going well, they want to cut back stuff. They just close down the whole uh, bookstore. Right. So uh, it's, it is sad and, and the, the void will definitely be hard to fill. Andrew, thanks for speaking with us. That was Andrew Yap, co-founder and managing director of Book Access, weighing in on the closure of Book Depository, which is going to be happening later this month. But also, in general, the question of the cost of buying books in Malaysia, which can feel very high. Um, And that's what we've been asking. Have you ever bought from Book Depository? In general, where do you buy your books from? And are you finding that the prices of books at the moment kind of high. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. And now to the messages. Let's start with this from Valerie, who says, So shocked and sad to hear that Book Depository will be shutting down. I get most of my books from them because they have the widest range of books at affordable prices. Bookshops in Malaysia don't carry the more obscure or older titles, but I would probably be able to locate them on Book Depository. The only places I usually shop for books are Book Depository and Big Bad Wolf. RIP Book Depository, you'll be greatly missed. A few people mentioning Big Bad Wolf as well, which we'll come to later, but I... Valerie, I think that this is a very real pain point, Mm. uh, that that question of affordability, because if it is about obscurity, what I will say is that generally speaking with most of the indies and in fact with, with Kino, I know for a fact, you can put in an order. And then they'll get it for you. It might take a while. Mm. uh, You might have to wait. And it certainly is not going to be very cheap or necessarily the same price you would get on Book Depository, but it can be done. It's basically the conflation of price, um, ease of use, because you can just search for it on the site. Free shipping. Free shipping. So it's it's a few things coming together that really made Book Depository, um, I suppose, so beloved by so many readers. Um, Katrina, for instance, is saying, I owe it to Book Depository for half of the books I own because it's reliable and affordable with wide selections. Firstly, it's more affordable or the same price as local bookstores. The stock status is known instead of going to the bookstore and realizing they don't have it, despite what their computer said, because of an unreliable system. Some might say you can buy affordable books from China, but the quality of the books isn't the same. I have a set of children's encyclopedias where the English translation is so bad that even my four-year-old can tell. Ebooks isn't my jam. Something about the weight, scent, and flipping pages calms and soothes. More on ebooks later. We don't have enough time to get into it on this side, but I will just say that Katrina, you're not alone on that. A lot of people saying, if I have to do it, I will swap to ebooks, but generally speaking, mm. it's not to quote you my jam. <laughs> um, but the other thing is that I think, you know, our last question to Andrew just now was about the gap in the market. And I think that Katrina's point specifically about the computer says they have it. Um, I look on their website, it says it's in stock. And then I go there and it turns out they've never heard of the book. That 
level of that problem um, and the fact that book depository doesn't do that I think that's a real gap. I agree. Um, and I also think that it is something that people uh, don't... It is a pain point for a lot of readers because a lot of readers, I think, do want to support bookstores. Um, it's just that often it becomes inconvenient to do so in many ways. So let us know. We're talking today about the closure of Book Depository, which is officially going to happen later this month. Let us know, have you ever bought from them? And in general, where do you buy your books from? Are you finding that it's becoming quite a pricey hobby to maintain? Call 7733 send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, keep it here, BFM 89.9. Blues, folk, metal, BFM 89.9. It's 5.38 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila, Reader 1, Reader 2, as we call ourselves sometimes. Um, and we are self-identifying that way today because not only are we hosts of By the Book, plug, 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 if you've never heard of it, 8pm on Tuesdays, 3pm on Sundays. Yes. Also on podcast. All you book lovers and listeners. Yes, because today is actually kind of a combining of the worlds. Um, and it's happening because Book Depository is closing uh, very soon. And for those who are familiar, there's a lot of mourning. For those of you who are not, it was a very, very large online book retailer that basically had a huge collection of titles and promised affordable prices, which it kept up to, and free shipping, which it kept up to. So now with that going out the window, I think the question really becomes, okay, what now? Um, and so that's what we've been asking you. Have you ever bought from Book Depository? Where do you buy your books from in general? And have you been finding that it's a costly endeavour because we have. Uh, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. I believe we've got a caller on the line with us. We've got Wong. Wong, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi, good evening. Hi. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed yeah, with the news. But I understand everything is as, as going out, the prices, the inflation, yeah, they couldn't sustain and thus they have to close. But yeah, I hope you know, it couldn't come at this time, you know. I still have so many books I want to buy. <laughs> uh, so how now? Where do you think you're going to go for your books? I'm going to go for a last rush. I'm going to buy all now. You know, those who are in this kind of buy it now from those depository. And hopefully in the future, I think I might be switching to ebooks. Mm -hmm. Fair enough, Wong. Thank you so much for calling and for sharing. Um, actually, this push towards ebooks is coming through loud and clear in the comments. And it makes me a little bit sad because nobody sounds really that excited about it. It's really more like a, okay lah. Have to la? Uh, that was exactly my attitude when I made the switch to ebooks. I still haven't completely converted to ebooks, but honestly, price um, and storage were really my main pushes. Well, uh, Roberto says, as much as I hated a long time ago, I switched to Kindle because it's cheaper. Um, the Kindle version is cheaper compared to any kind of printed version. And I say as much as I hated it because I love the smell of ink, the sensation of passing through, the flipping of the pages. Uh, the sad part of changing to Kindle is that not all 
all titles are available. But what do you do? See what I mean about the tone? It's a very like resigned... It's usually a resignation. No choice. Yeah. Uh, Jen also says, I've switched to ebooks on Kindle almost completely because hard copies are too expensive. However, with the weakening currency, ebooks isn't aren't ebooks aren't as cheap either. I know they don't feel the same, <laughs> to Roberto's point. But hey, you can read in the dark. Ha ha ha. I know it's bad for eyes, but I still think it's better than browsing my phone in the dark. <laughs> so honestly, um, for me, there are advantages to ebooks. Um, the storage is a big thing. Um, but I, I think the whole I want to have a book to hold, to be able to flip the pages is something that a lot of readers would really identify with. Meanwhile, we also have, okay, let's, let's talk about this one because I think this one is a little bit, a little bit controversial, right? Slightly. Um, and it comes from Jun Xiao, who says, I usually buy books here in book exhibitions, um, popular book access. I don't like e-versions. But when I was young, I also bought pirated books. When poverty is still an issue, I encourage people who can't afford um, the official titles to buy pirated um, the poor people's right to receive knowledge cannot be deprived. It is your responsibility to protect the copyright when you're older and you can afford to go legal. Sorry, I'm a bit far away from the topic. So I find this so interesting. And I usually think about um, an anecdote that a friend of mine used to say about um, India and how the pirated book market was so huge in India, still is in fact. Um, and that actually is credited for why so many people from lower economic backgrounds were able to read books and were able to access books. Um, and, and I think while I'm not supporting the notion of piracy, I think it is natural that something like that fills the gap when we lack, one, cheaper books and libraries. Yeah, uh, so I, I see where you're coming from. I will just respond to the second part of Jun Xiao's message, which is in relation to it is your responsibility to protect the copyright when you're older and you can afford to go legal. And I think that the issue here is whether people do that um, or whether you've gotten used to the notion that books should right, be free. Right, and then you never, never pay. Yes, you yeah. just end up not paying because it, it's become so widely available. And I think that um, if... I mean, I'm a big believer in general of paying artists um, and paying the infrastructure that supports artists to do their work and writers certainly fall into that. So yeah, um, it's a complicated conversation, but thank you so much for bringing it up. Uh, meanwhile, we've got another caller on with us. We've got Bobby. Bobby, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi, good evening. Hi, yeah. Um, I'm really sad. I mean, I was shocked and surprised to find out that they're closing. And I'm also worried because I just ordered a book from uh, Book Depository like, like two days ago. And I really hope that I can get my book before they shutter. Uh, they're, they're going to keep shipping all the way up till April 26th and then their customer service will remain open till June. So you should be fine. Okay. <laughs> One last <laughs> hurrah. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad because uh, of all the uh, outlets that, that, you know, online and offline that, that I get and, and I found them to be the best because their range is unbeatable. I mean, it, it really is, and as well as your pricing, which is also super, you know, super uh, low compared to, you know, um, definitely Amazon and even our physical bookstores like, like uh, Kinokuniya and, and Popular. So, Bobby, moving forward, we're hearing people say that they're going to go to ebooks or they're going to look for alternatives. What do you think you're going to do after the last, the last, you know, kind of... The last hurrah. I'm still, uh, I'm still uh, an, an I don't know, old school or whatever you want to call it. I, I still want the feeling of the book in my hand. 
I've tried Kindle, I've tried uh, iBooks, uh, I've tried, you know, uh, on my Android devices as well. Um, it's just not, you know, just doesn't have that same uh, feeling that, that you get from holding an, an actual book and reading it. Yeah, fair enough, Bobby. Thank you so much for calling and for sharing. Um, so, again, not a super big vote of confidence for the ebook. No, and I don't mean to suddenly turn into a Luddite or, you know, a mutual show about Luddites disliking ebooks. But I really think that it's got to do with the fact that if given the choice and being able to afford it, books are very much a physical connection and the ebooks offer convenience they don't necessarily replace that experience people might not feel this way once they grow up on ebooks this is true though because a lot of what we're talking yes. about is is a childhood connection right you learn to love and you learn to love books and reading when you're a kid and therefore you associate it with the smell of the ink, the feeling of the pages, the weight of the book. But over time, people who are raised on tablets in general uh, may not feel this connection at all. Well, Michael says, I actually prefer ebooks. There I you got go. through my bachelor's and postgrad with ebooks. I use it on a large 32-inch screen, so it's actually more Whoa. comfortable to read to me. So... Okay, this is a side conversation about where you read. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I tend to read in bed and therefore the 32-inch situation. <laughs> I mean, if you fall not asleep and me. it falls on your face, you're kind of done. Yeah, right? That's it. I mean, death by book. It's, yes. it's one way to go. Um, we're talking today about book depository closing. So uh, it has announced that they will be closing down on the 26th of April. It's quite soon. Um, and so we've been asking you, have you ever bought from them? In general, where do you buy your books? And also, have you been finding it costly? How are you managing that? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back for more after this. Keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. Books, figurines, movies. BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station. BFM 89.9, it's 5.51. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And this whole hour has been dedicated to books. I am so happy. I've been away for a little while and this is my return to the show. And I'm just <laughs> so ecstatic to be spending so much time talking about books, albeit for sad reasons. I realised I was being wildly inappropriate because book depository is shutting down. Well, it's simultaneously is... a celebration of books and a lament of the state of reading and books. Well, actually a lament of the state of buying books. That's true. It's not really reading. Reading hasn't changed. It's the cost of yes, trying to get the there. The reader's lament. Yeah. Oh, mm. that will be the title of the podcast. <laughs> Look out for it on bfm.my, Spotify, anywhere you get our app, of course. Um, anyways, we are talking today as mentioned, about books and reading and the cost of doing so because Book Depository is shutting down um, come 26th April and we wanted to know whether you've ever bought from them in general. Where do you buy your books from? But also, I guess, have you been finding it expensive to do so? How are you managing that? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So, so many messages. Um, I I wanted to start with Michael, who said that actually he, uh, I believe Michael said he prefers ebooks, that he tends to read on a 32 inch, I'm still laughing because it's amazing, uh, a 32 inch 
e-reading situation. Um, and then said, that said, never loved reading storybooks as a child. Thank you, Michael, for responding because we were just saying how much our attachment to physical books might come from childhood. Yes, absolutely. And then I think some of this also will depend on whether you're thinking, you think about books and reading as, um, as a hobby and as fun and as something that you have a emotional attachment to or maybe something more functional, right? So you read books because you want to learn and you want to improve yourself. Then you may not feel so strongly about books that you can hold and like fall asleep with. Um, Zoe says, I'm going to miss Book Depository. Graphic novels are extremely mm. expensive here, so I used to buy them from there. There was one time when my graphic novels got confiscated by the Malaysian Customs. Still doesn't stop me from buying from them. I'll miss Book Depository very much. Zoe, I 100% used to use Book Depository for my graphic novels because they always had... Um, very, very affordable prices compared to anywhere else. Um, hearing the word, uh, the phrase graphic novels made my heart skip a beat and my stomach clench, um, both from like anxiety and like, yay, because graphic novels are expensive. They yes. really are. They're generally serialized, which means that once you buy one, you're locked into this like hundred ringgit expenditure for, for all however mm -hmm. many volumes it is. Or you buy a large volume and then that is a 300 ringgit at a pop kind of situation if we're talking about local pricing. And that's where having more affordable affordable options really enters the picture. Um, I also wanted to get to this one from Ferdaus, who says, it's sad to hear about this. It's a place where I always buy books that are hard to get in local bookstores. As much as ebooks are slightly cheaper, I prefer physical books. The smell of the books is just so good. Usually, I like browsing at uh, Popular or Kinokuniya, but from what I see, books at local bookstores are quite high, unfortunately, especially hardcover books, because I love those. A few things to discuss there. Let's start with hardcovers, because I have never preferred hardcovers, and I think this is coming from... Uh, firstly, size, storage, but also being a price-conscious young reader and having a small budget and not being able to make it stretch. Um, absolutely. Um, I I almost feel like even now when I can actually maybe afford them a lot more than I could have previously, the um, training from when I was a kid to always avoid the hardcovers because they'd always be much too expensive runs deep. I still avoid them. What if someone came up? Can you tell that I'm about to say something hairbrained? <laughs> you have <laughs> the look on your face. It's, it's not just the tone of my voice, is it? What if we came up with a book centered e reader? <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that I'm mildly disgusted? Right. So basically I have an electronic device that just smells that will, musty. That will puff out random puffs. So of like a 4D a 4D e-reader experience. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. You say that now. <laughs> Let me know if you want it. We'll start at where is because actually so many people are mentioning the smell. Be ready for my Kickstarter. <laughs> I'll make it happen for y'all. Uh, speaking of e-reading, uh, Munif says, I never buy expensive flavor of the month books. I usually buy books that have been out for many years. The price is lower to oblivion. It's not a problem for me. I, I read slow. I'm not burning through five Stephen King books a month, no matter how much I love the guy. So I don't feel the need to get the latest books immediately. Many years later with a reduced price is fine. No FOMO. I am not all for e-books for reasons mentioned by everyone already. Comics, however, and I'm interested in this, um, because we've been talking about graphic novels, especially with Marvel experimenting with augmented reality comics. Now that's when you get ebook level convenience while a, with a reading experience that transcend the traditional mediums. You know, the first time I saw a uh, Sandman 
comic panel in an in an e-reader or an iPad. I can't remember which. I was mind blown. So I get what you're talking about, Munif. I will say though that the um, graphic, sorry, the e-versions of graphic novels are not really any cheaper than the physical ones. Um. Yes, yes, that's that's true. Um, Willa says, Hi, I realised when I was doing my taxes that I did not buy any books last year. Not that I haven't been reading, I do, but mostly non-fiction reports, journals, studies, all soft copies. I'm such a sad case because I've already contributed to the slowdown in the physical book business, uh, but also just realised that I do read fiction after all. Political news. <laughs> <laughs> well, Willa, I hope this coming year is better and that you have more books to claim on your tax. Um, or... Yeah, yeah. Not more political news fiction, no, hopefully. No, I was going to say, hopefully not. Meanwhile, we have um, Shan, who says, I'm close to 50 and I converted to an e-reader a couple of years back. Best tech gadget I ever purchased, and this is coming from a non-gadgety person. It's convenient because I can bring it everywhere with me without breaking my back, though an e-book can break the bank. Um I agree. Uh, Travelling for me is the the point at which I appreciate my e-reader the most because I previously used to pack like five books for every one week holiday. So, um, as a as a separate kind of concurrent conversation is the role of bookstores because we can't talk about buying online and ebooks and all the rest of it without talking about physical bookstores. And I think Wendy's message kind of echoes what a lot of people are saying. Um, so sad, book depository was amazing. My pocket is going to burn even more now. Quality, cost, variety. I love going around browsing bookshops to find new titles and interests. So I sometimes go to Kino, uh, Sutaya, Popular. I also now resort to ebooks for some of my reading and I browse smaller local bookstores for good quality books. I wish the libraries were good too. Uh, good quality books and libraries would help a lot, especially since there are some books I only want to read but not keep. And this is not the first person, this is the first time we're discussing it now, but this is not the first person who has brought up, we don't have much time left, um, the question of just browsing in bookstores but not buying. Yes, um, and I get it. It's also why I think actually libraries are woefully underutilised and um, don't necessarily serve the function here in Malaysia that they could. Michael says, hardcover case for ebook reader with yellow aged and seasoned paper, maybe a dropper with chemicals to top up the smell. I reject this entirely. I'd rather just carry around 20 books. Michael, we go into business. We we don't need her. It's all right. We don't need this woman. Uh, Keep those thoughts coming. We're talking today about book depository closing and asking you whether you've ever bought from them. And in general, where do you buy your books from? Um, How are you managing the cost of it? Are you looking for alternatives? You can keep them coming. WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.